Lord Jesus, thank you that you give gifts from your Father to us. You give your gifts. Thank you that you that you bless us beyond all measure. I ask that today you open our hands to receive what you would give us. Open our hearts to honor your will, to use all that you have given us for your glory. In Jesus, I pray in your name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, my, the, my Christmas of my fourth year of life is one of my enduring memories. And I remember my fourth Christmas for a particular reason. You see, I had figured out by that point that if you ask for a thing, you might find that thing under the Christmas tree on Christmas morning. I'd sort of connected those dots by that point in my life. And so that year, I put forth my request. And it was a simple request. Should not have been all that hard. I thought I was speaking very clearly when I made my request. Um, and I meant it. And what I asked for was a boat. And I still remember the image that I had in my mind as a four-year-old asking for that boat. And it was of me in the fighting top of that yacht cruising down the intercoastal waterway. And still, it's in my mind. And so I asked. I knew the physics of Christmas by that point, so I, I did my part. I said I would like a boat. And uh, Christmas morning rolled around, and I got up, and I looked forward to looking out into the driveway and seeing my boat. Well, I was disappointed. I still don't have that boat. I do have a kayak. But that Christmas, I went out into the living room, and much to my surprise and disappointment, there was a boat. It was under the Christmas tree. Do you remember they were these things that were like, they were like tricycles, only they had some sort of frame around the tricycle to make it seem like you were driving some sort of vehicle. Well, that's what was under the tree. And it had a flag on it, and it was a boat sickle. <laughs> and I had this flash of insight that may have set the path for my life, I don't know. But the insight that I had, although I didn't have words for it at the time, but this was the essence of it. It was that if I had only communicated more clearly, <laughs> my parents would have understood and I would have had that boat. Upon reflection over the years, since that seared itself into my memory, spent years of therapy trying to work that one out. <laughs> but upon reflection, I, I, I thought about it and I thought about it and I thought, you know, maybe there was more to it than just some miscommunication or some fuzzy language, boat equals boat. Um, maybe, maybe I had asked 
wrongly. Maybe I hadn't understood all of the dynamics of gift giving and gift receiving by that ripe old age of four years old. Maybe there was more to it than that. And as I have reflected on it over the years and as I've nursed that wound of not receiving a boat, I began to think about what I have been given. And I have to admit that I had been given many things and I continue to receive many things into my life. And furthermore, there are things that I can ask for in my life and certainly expect that they will be given. Incidentally, they apparently don't include a boat, but they do include other things. And it's not always from my parents that gifts are given, but there is a gift giver who always gives gifts. God gives gifts, and he gives his gifts for his kingdom and for his glory. And he gives those gifts with purpose. And when we can, upon reflection, ask for those gifts, we can expect that they will be given. But if you're like me, you probably don't ask for those gifts very much. You ask for other things. I ask for other things. I still would like a boat. <laughs> I'll ask for a lot of things from God. A lot of things. And then I'll wonder why, why did God not shower me with those gifts from heaven? James has some words about that. If you read the epistle of James, he says, well, you don't receive because you don't ask. And then you also don't receive because you don't ask rightly. You ask for the wrong reasons. You ask so that you can satisfy your pleasures and things of that nature. Interestingly, James does not say don't ask. He says align your heart and your will and your desires with God and you will not be disappointed. See, James was around when he saw all the things that happened and experienced the things that happened that we read about in the gospel today. He was one of those guys that was there, one of those disciples. So look back at that gospel for just a moment. What is it that happened in our gospel today in Mark chapter 6, 7 through 13? This was kind of a midway point in the journey of the disciples as they walked with Jesus. See, they had been living their lives, their ordinary lives, and Jesus had plucked them out of their ordinary lives and set them on a path that involved following him. And prior to this time in the gospel, these disciples had walked with Jesus for some time. And what had they experienced? What, what did the disciples experience? as they walked with Jesus. Any ideas? What, what kinds of things did they see? Miracles. miracles. They saw Jesus do miracles. What, what else did they see? They saw Jesus preach. 
Yes. He brought the, the truth of the gospel into the midst of humanity. What else? Opposition. Yeah, he experienced opposition. Yeah. Now, interestingly, in all of this, they were observers, right? They were very close to Jesus, but they were observers. So Jesus brought them along and said something to the effect of what people say today when they say, hold my beer, watch this. <laughs> and then he would, went out and did a thing, right? And they said, ooh. And then they went on and he did another thing and another thing. And it was really cool, right? I mean, wouldn't that have been amazing to be with Jesus and watch him do some of the miracles that he did? To be right there as he unveiled the truth, as he revealed the mysteries of God through his teachings? To be right there when he cast out demons, when he healed people, wouldn't that have been amazing? These guys were right there having that experience again and again and again. And then we get to the gospel that we read today and Jesus did a very interesting thing. What did he do? How did he relate to his disciples this time? Yes, Jesus changed the script. They had been watching. Jesus had been acting. They had been learning. Jesus had been teaching. And now Jesus turned the script and he said, now, I want you to do what I've been doing. You ever had that experience? I will guarantee you that you have. If you've walked with Jesus for any length of time, you have had this experience. Because there comes a point as you walk with Jesus when he starts to turn to us and he turns the script and he says, you've been receiving, now it's time to give. You've been watching, now it's time to act. You've been listening, now it's time to speak. You do what I've been doing. Can you imagine being the disciples at that point when Jesus said, your turn? I don't know, I would have said something like, what? Are you kidding? Is this a joke? When I was in seminary, uh, the preaching professor said, you know, there's going to come a day when five minutes before the service starts, the priest in your church is going to turn to you and say, preach the sermon. We all laughed. <laughs> that happened to me a few years ago. <laughs> I was visiting a friend who had a church in uh, New Mexico, a friend of mine from seminary, and he was lined up getting ready to process in, and I was sitting in the back enjoying the fact that I was not on the job that day. I was just traveling and visiting, and he leaned over. He said, would you preach? I said, sure. <laughs> and I did. I will guarantee you, that God is going to call you out at some point like that. He's going to invite you 
overtly or subtly, he's going to invite you to begin to do what he has done. Because it turns out that that's the nature of God's kingdom. That's the nature of the kingdom that he has added us into. That's the nature of the relationship that we have with God. That God is not content to stand at a distance and just say, watch. For some reason, he includes us in the unfolding of his kingdom. There are words that he would have us speak into this broken world. There are acts that he would have us do that will transform this world. Jesus wants us to follow in his footsteps, not just as passive observers, but as C.S. Lewis puts it, as little Christs to be and to do as Jesus. Well, I don't know about you, but that's terrifying. And my first thought is, can we get the script back to the way it was earlier? Can we please fix this problem so that I don't have to do all this? But if we accept that this is part of God's plan, now we have a task. And there is a task that precedes the doing and the speaking. And it is to ask for a gift. Before there is all of that work, there must be a gift giving. Once we grasp what it is that Jesus actually is doing in this world, we have to realize it's beyond our capacity. And so before we charge out the door to do what Jesus is calling us to do, when he turns the script on us, there must be a request. There must be an opening of hands to receive from Jesus. I'll guarantee you it... It's not going to be a boat unless it's for God's great purposes in this world. In fact, there will be gifts that are far better than a fishing yacht. It's hard for me to imagine that, but there are. (laughs) So we look at the gospel again. What did Jesus give to his disciples? What was the gift that he gave them? Ah, authority. Good. Whose authority? God's authority. Jesus gave his authority to his disciples. Not just any old authority. He gave them his authority. And what went along with the authority of Jesus? What when that gift is given and received, becomes possible. What do we see in the gospel that became possible at that point? The working of the Holy Spirit. Spirit. What did Jesus, what, what did the disciples do? Cast out demons? What else? Healed? What's that? Yes? They preached the gospel. Absolutely. They preached. They healed. They cast out demons. Wow. These are the guys who were just 
observing Jesus before. They were just in his presence, soaking up what he had to give them. But now they were doing what Jesus had done. That was the nature of the gift that Jesus gave them. Although begrudgingly, I must admit, that's better than the boat that I envision at Christmas in my fourth year. That is an incredible gift. The authority of God himself to transform this world. Just think for a moment, what must it be like to live tormented by a demon day in and day out, to live under the power and the authority of evil? What must that be like? Horrible, horrible beyond measure. And there are countless people in Jacksonville that we could talk to right now who could tell us what that is like firsthand because they're living it right now. What is it like to be broken, shattered in body and in spirit by an ailment of some sort? Horrible. There are people all over this city that can tell us what that is like firsthand. What is it like to be completely disconnected from truth, to have no clue what is right, what is wrong, what is true, what is false, to have no idea where hope lies? What is it like to be utterly and completely lost? The world is full of such people. Jesus entered into this world to transform those people, to give them the gift of his kingdom through the sacrifice of his blood on the cross. Jesus came to do that, to give that gift. And it turns out he wants to give that gift in this world through us, through these people. And so in order for that to happen, he gives his authority. He gives his power. He gives his spirit. I will guarantee you that if you are a follower of Jesus, if you have been saved by Jesus, redeemed by Jesus, if you have accepted him as Lord and Savior, and you have been forgiven for your sins, that Jesus has given you his authority and his power. He's given you the Holy Spirit to fulfill his purposes in this world. Guaranteed, each of you, if you are a follower of Jesus, that is true of you. On that Christmas, I had visions of what I would do with that boat, where I would go how I would live. I encourage you to just take a moment and imagine what would you do? In fact, pray. What is Jesus calling you to do with the gifts that he has given you? Where would you go? How far would you go? To whom would you go? And another question, with whom would you go? 
because Jesus has not only given you his authority, he's given you his community. You'll notice that in the gospel, Jesus sent his disciples out two by two. So I will guarantee you that not only has Jesus given you his gifts of power and authority, there is also someone or a group of someones that he would have you use those gifts with to fulfill his glory. Sometimes we don't receive because we don't ask. Because we just don't put out our hands and say, Jesus, will you please unleash your gifts in my life? Sometimes we've been deceived by the enemy who would like us to believe that we don't have gifts, that we don't have purpose, that God has no use for us. And really what we're to do is just sit on the sidelines and watch and listen. But that's a lie because Jesus has given his gifts and he would like to maximize those gifts. Sometimes we don't receive just because we don't ask. And sometimes we don't receive because we ask wrongly. Because we're out there asking for boats so that we can go have fun. When in fact, Jesus says, I want to give you something far greater. I want to give you a place in the unfolding of my kingdom. I want to, I want to send you to the ends of the earth. You will see and you will do miracles. You will preach the gospel. Your life will be incredibly powerful, not because you're powerful, but because I'm powerful and I want to work through you. When we start to ask for those things, when we start to open our hands to those things, when we start to allow the Holy Spirit to give us his vision, to unleash his imagination in our lives, It's incredible what God will do and where he will send us and what he will accomplish through us if we will simply open our hands and ask. Jesus, I am willing to receive what you have given me. I'm willing to open that present. And I'm willing to use it for your kingdom. With those simple prayers, there's no end to what God will do in and through us. Jesus said when he commissioned his disciples, I'll be with you to the ends of the earth. You'll see me. You'll be with me. As much as those disciples saw Jesus and were with him on that day that we read about in the gospel, we'll experience that all these years later. Because Jesus promised it. I would encourage you to open your hands and receive what God would give. Indeed, what he has given. If you are a Christian, ask. Ask to be unleashed into the world to fulfill God's purposes. Ask that God give you everything you need for that journey. Don't worry about anything else. Just ask for those gifts. Your life and the world around you will be utterly transformed. Please pray with me. Jesus, you are the giver of good gifts. 
You give your gifts with purpose for your kingdom. It is hard to imagine sometimes in daily life. It is hard to imagine that our lives would have that kind of purpose. But Jesus, you've already called us. You've already given us your gifts. Teach us to open those gifts. Teach us to walk with one another in the opening of and the using of those gifts. And Jesus, maximize your gifts and your glory here at Redeemer in each of our lives and in this church as a whole. We are yours. Glorify yourself through us. We pray in your name. Amen.